Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Yo, podcast listeners, this is Ren from Team Stefan. I'm stoked for you to be here for this episode because Stefan's going to talk about game-changing topics, including how he was able to pump out high-converting copy at an unfathomably fast rate, his foolproof system to avoid writer's block, and consistently come up with the new ideas. How to find a unique mechanism and big idea in saturated markets, and how he sold close to $1 million using the RMBC method from stage. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so just a quick story for you guys. I get this would be like the monologue part of the radio show, I suppose. And again, this is our first one here. But um, I had something interesting happen, which was that some of you guys know that for my RMBC private Facebook group, which is people who've bought my RMBC course, uh, I put a posting on my public Facebook page saying, Hey, I want somebody to hire me to write a sales letter for them. I charge $50,000, but I'm not going to actually write the letter. Instead, I'm going to take that money and hire nine copywriters from my RMBC course and let them write uh, you know, each pay them each $5,000 and have nine versions of a sales letter for you or your product. Then I'll kind of pick the best two or three. I will go through them. And for the ones that are the top two or three, I'll copy edit or copy chief them. And then out of that, whichever one we decide is the best, that writer will get a $5,000 bonus. And I was really, you know, excited about that. And it went really well. I posted on Facebook, I got great engagement and four different people reached out to me including two that I've already moved forward with. So one is a skincare brand called Alatora. And I shared a video I did with interviewing their, their founder on YouTube this morning. So you should check that out. And then the other one was Native Path, which is run by my good friend, Chris Clark. And they stepped up too. But the interesting story is this happened last week. I posted it last, uh, last Tuesday and I gave the deadline for submissions to, uh, the Thursday at 10 a.m., so last Thursday, a week ago. And then yesterday, I got two submissions for the projects from somebody who had recently, well, actually, I thought that they had recently bought RMBC. So I got one submission for skin and another one for keto, because one's a skincare product, one's a, a keto product. And I responded to the guy and I said, hey, man, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to do these submissions. It included giving me some headline variants and then giving me the first 150 words of a lead. And you know, I was like, hey man, I appreciate you submitting this stuff, but unfortunately, you know, this already passed. Like this project is 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 closed, but there will be more opportunities in the future. So, you know, sorry about that. And the guy responded back and was like, you know, oh, so you're saying I wasted all my time? Like, 
you know, you should have like, he basically got very upset. He's like, you know, this is a waste of time. I wasted all this time. I spent all day doing this. And he got kind of like mad at me. And I responded back to him and I said like, Hey dude, you know, I understand the frustration, but I think you got to realign your mindset on this. Right. I was like, think about all, think about the positives here. It's like one, you practice your copywriting, you practice RMBC, which is my copywriting thing. Um, you know, you th three, you created new samples. So now when you're talking to other prospective clients, you can say, Oh yeah, I wrote something for Alatura. I wrote something for native path. Uh, here's what it is. So now you have these samples, you can leverage that as part of your portfolio moving forward. And then four, you know, you got on my radar, you sent me this, uh, these, these, these samples, I read them, I looked at them and you know, so that's awesome. But now we have a bit of a relationship and as future projects come, you know, in an opportunity show up, like now you have that opportunity. So I, I understand the frustration, but I would really realign, shift your mindset. That way you can be, you know, not look at this as a waste of time. And so I sent that to the guy and he responded back again and essentially was like, well, I could have been doing something for a client and this is a waste of time. And you're saying that everybody just, you know, I, you, if you put a date on, on the post, then I wouldn't have made this mistake. And, you know, you're saying that uh, everybody just submitted their, you know, 90 plus people submitted their applications and, you know, like a 24 hour period of time, like, come on. And, and so uh, at that point I was like, uh, Hey man, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. If you looked at the comments, it was pretty clear. Like all these people right in the comments are like saying like, Oh, I, I mean, I put it in the comments, Hey, here are the people who are selected, you know, sorry if you weren't selected. I gave people feedback, like all this stuff in these comments. So I'm like, if you just read the comments, man, then you would have seen that it was okay. Um, but at that point too, I also just told the guy, uh, I didn't want him in RMBC. So I just refunded him, um, and kicked him out of the program. And it was kind of like, I still feel a little bit like weird doing that, but I just felt like I had to because I just don't want, I, I kind of want to be a lesson for the guy, honestly. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should have kicked him out or not, but I kind of feel like I want it to be a lesson where it's like, if the guy can't shift his mindset and he's going to sit there and, and get like mad at me, because again, I'm not making any money from doing this. I'm, I'm literally just trying to create jobs for people, which I did, right? I created at least 18 jobs paying copywriters between three and $5,000 and we'll create more after that. Uh, so if the guy can't check his mindset and it's like a waste of time and he's mad at me and I was just like, you know, screw it. Um, I'm going to kick him out. So I, I guess the lesson there though, there, there's several, right? It, it's, but the biggest is again, a mindset thing and how you, how you respond. Like when things don't go your way or you make a mistake, like I totally get him being frustrated, but at the same time to then kind of get, <laughs> to kind of get like uh, mad at the person who's trying to create this opportunity. Um, and then, yeah, to have that person in my RBC group and, and all of that kind of stuff, I just felt like uh, it just wasn't the right fit. So I, I don't know. I think there's a good mindset lesson in there. Bailey said I can be ice cold when I need to be. And that's true. Um, but it, it was just tough to do, but I did want to share that with you guys. And so let's go ahead and move into doing calls, doing Q and A's and everything like that. Let's go ahead and get started here. So first up, we do have Daniel Sherlock. Uh, hi, <laughs> can you hear me okay? I can, what's up Daniel? Uh, I was watching, I think it was your Vegas, your very first RMBC event or Copy Accelerator event. Right. You, you talked about how you, how you trained copywriters with like ultimate desktop uh, copy coach and stuff like that. 
do you still recommend that kind of process um, that you outlined there? Yeah, I think it's good. I think, you know, when I, when I have copywriters read the ultimate desktop copy coach, um, that's especially for people who have, don't know what copywriting and direct response copywriting, like what those things are. Uh, then I right. think, because then one of the reasons I'm having them read that book is to get exposure to direct response and to, um, you know, kind of what sales copy looks like and everything for somebody like you who already has an understanding, I don't think it is a necessity. Uh, so if it were you, I think that, um, you know, you can read it like even in 2014, 2015, I went through a phase where I was reading a, a bunch of, uh, kind of different resources, like stuff that digital marketer had put up or Perry Belcher had created or even Perry Marshall or, or whoever, all these different guys. And, um, it kind of helped get my wheels turning. And, and I think reading that stuff is valuable. Uh, but I think with the, the RMBC training and all the exposure you're getting there, you, you have a really good foundation. So anything else you look at is kind of just like icing on the cake, I think. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I'm super excited. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Keep me posted. Will do. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Beautiful. Next up we have Josh Knox. Josh is asking about how we use emotion and copy, but from his understanding, it seems that logic takes over for the unique mechanism. So you want to hear more about that. What's up, Josh? Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the question is found is founded in the fact that we, we talk a lot about using emotion and copy and it makes a lot of sense and we can connect with a lot of people. And then when it comes to the unique mechanism, that seems to be where more logic is brought into the explanation for the reader of the copy, right? And so um, as I'm writing and I write for, um, we have a service business, we do uh, payment processing. And so there's a lot of logic that goes through a business owner's mind. And I know emotion as well, but a lot of logic goes to their mind. And it always has to do with the fact that they pay, they get charged a certain fee for the service. And so as I'm writing it, I'm thinking there's a little bit of logic that goes into that mechanism. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to be sure I was approaching that the right way. Cool. No, that's a really good question. And I think you are. The way I look at it is it's almost like a emotion, logic, emotion sandwich, where I think we, I, I think we captivate people their hearts like first. And so that's where being emotional and kind of uh, curiosity driven and those things are really important uh, at the beginning. Uh, but then once we've captured their hearts, we do still need to capture their brain. And that's where the mechanism kind of comes into play. It's actually interesting because I haven't thought about it this explicitly before, but with your question, but it really is like, it's like a two tiered thing where the mechanism really is like the brain part where you're like, okay, your heart's in this, you're interested. Like I've, I've, caught out your pain point. I've gotten you thinking of a future that is full of, you know, happiness and, and bliss and free of, free of pain. Uh, but you're now the, the, the brain is, is coming in and being skeptical and saying, ah, I've heard this before. It's probably BS. Right. And I, and so that's where we're going to explain with the mechanism. Cause then if we can do that and we can convince like the logical, rational brain, like that it really is something different. Uh, and that this this is something different than than what they've tried before, and that there is a real reason that they failed, and it's something they hadn't considered, and then that we really do have the solution. Then, like once their brain's accepting, when you get to the close, it becomes very emotion driven again, 
And so, but, but then you can, you can really talk to that emotion and the brain's not going to act as like a, as a gatekeeper or a bouncer, right? The brain's accepted it as well. So you've gotten both the heart and the brain, both uh, accepting of it. And that's where you have the best chance of getting people to take action or convert. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's sort of the mechanism I'm using for my particular industry. Um, it's the, the mechanism that I'm working on has to do with cognitive dissonance, right? Because as humans, when we get new information and it's contrary to what we've experienced before, we have this sort of emergency break that's called cognitive dissonance that steps in and says, wait a second, that doesn't sound right to me. I've never heard that before, and I don't know that I agree with it. And that's sort of the emotional logic-based response that each person has when we talk to them about what we offer. And I would say that's probably true with a lot of people about any product. You know, anytime you look at any kind of offer out there, it's your brain's throwing up this emergency signal that says, wait a second, that doesn't drive with what I've experienced in the past. And so it must be wrong. And cognitive dissonance says, we got to chuck that now because we don't think it's going to work for us. So that's kind of what I've been thinking through is that logic base, but I, I'm glad you said that. I, the, and that made more, much more sense. Emotion, logic, emotion. So. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure, man. Next up we do have Blake McNamara. So Blake is asking how to use RMBC to get better at copy. He's new to copywriting and getting decent quickly. His mentor, Ian Stanley, said his emails were good enough, but he's having some trouble coming up with daily email ideas and his process is pretty slow. What's up, Blake? Hey, Stefan. How you doing? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm actually at my nine to five right now. <laughs> nice. Are you, are you uh, under a desk? Deciding? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm outside right now. I had inventory to do, uh, so I lucked out that you guys picked it right then. Perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm new to email copy. Um, I've gone through some of Ian Stanley's courses and he said I'm good enough to get clients, but it's just, um, in writing daily, it feels like I'm writing a lot of the same material, which I think is probably due to, um, like writing for one niche, but I don't see if I get multiple clients, how I would be able to like write different things, like not feel like I'm just rehashing the same email for different clients. And are you, I'm pulling up uh, something that I'm going to share, but um, when you, when you do this, are you doing a lot of like autoresponder kind of daily content? Cause there's obviously one thing if you're, if you're doing uh, like swipes and kind of click now emails that are promoting products all the time. And it's another thing if you're also trying to help clients build like relationships with their lists and things. So what kind of emails are you primarily doing? Uh, so right now I don't technically have clients. I'm just doing like, I've done pre-trials for people. Um, so that's, that's another question too, is like, it seems depending on the business, there are some that are just trying to sell the click and there are some that are emotion based. Um, so with the sell the click emails, it seems easier cause um, you just have one action, but in the, um, like relationship based, it seems a little more difficult. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So, what I would do with the relationship-based stuff, and I've actually, I did this for myself personally when I was launching my email list, is I took, um, I created like a, a spreadsheet almost, and not even almost, I actually created a spreadsheet. And I, ca I had three tabs or three sort of categories. So I had personal stories, uh, tangible value, which I'll explain in a second, and then other people's stories. And then within the, the personal stories, like I had a, 
columns for where I wrote different things down, like pivotal moments in your life, a personal struggle, victories, failures, a conflict with yourself or another, or a recent discovery. And then I kind of thought about that and I'm like, okay, well, like what are pivotal moments in my life? So ones I have here, meeting my wife, Laura, at a poker table, being hired by Yi on Warrior Forum, uh, a guy named Dr. Farrow, who's a friend of mine who was an early client from Elance, uh, referred me to a guy named Dr. Annunziata, and that launched my first profitable business. Uh, breaking up with Laura because I was stressed, but she wasn't the problem. I realized my life was the problem. This is years ago, obviously. My dad dying. Um, so basically, as I'm going through, right, and I'm, I'm thinking through it, I'm like, here are all these pivotal moments in my life. Uh, I'm like, well, I can write an email about every single one of those things. And then the same thing with a personal struggle. It's like, okay, time management, uh, my ADD, lifting weights. So I hate to lift weights, but I do it at least once a week because I don't want to have man boobs. Uh, being depressed mm -hmm. in New York when Laura was pregnant with my daughter because of seasonal depression and undiagnosed ADD. So if we kind of do that, um, I, I would recommend, if you, if, even if you're doing it for a client, right, it's the same thing. You can have these categories and be like, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to list out like all of these um, kind of things. Like, and again, like, you know, uh, pivotal moments in your life, like, you know, you, they, could, they could do them as little videos to you or audio or whatever, but like kind of think through all the pivotal moments in your life. What was the background? What happened? What was the outcome? Why is that worth sharing? And the same thing with like times that you struggled or your victories or your failures, um, et cetera. And then sometimes you can also do the, tangible value stuff too, right? So maybe you have mm -hmm. a specific hack or a specific trick. Like if I'm like, hey, here's three things you can do to increase your average order value, right? That's just tangible value um, okay. or things like that. So I think if you, if you look at that systematically and you sort of almost create like a spreadsheet and you list all this stuff out um, or have your client do it, then I think that will give you uh, a surprising amount of topics. I, I honestly, I found that I don't actually, I haven't had that spreadsheet up in like in, in several months because I've just kind of always have something to write about, uh, mm -hmm. which you may find too, as you get into like the habit, but it's a lot easier when I'm talking about myself than when I'm talking for a client. So if you have that from a client, I think that that could help you uh, significantly. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so it's basically like creating the like RMBC headline matrix, but with like email topics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Thank you for your time. Yeah, do my pleasure. Oh, and then by the way, Jasmine did say topical news stories as well, which is true because you can always do some about, if you're doing broadcasts, you can talk about what's in the news and, and that always gives you fodder if you're really at, uh, having writer's block also. Okay, yeah, that's usually where I start because I don't, <laughs> they're pre-trial, so I don't know like enough about the person to write emotional stories from their past because I don't, I just don't know them. But yeah, that's cool. helpful, thank you. Okay, cool, my pleasure. Sweet. All right. Next up, we have Christian Loparco. Um, say you're going to do write an email sequence. Do you use the same framework or the, or the RMBC? Because like say you're doing an email sequence or is it just for sales pages or VSLs? Yeah, so for RMBC, like I would, there, there are trainings in the course on how to write email sequences. Um, there's something uh, from, from Jared, uh, Jared Harlan who does all the uh, kind of email stuff for Natural Health Sherpa. And he kind of goes through his process and this thing called PWAT, P-W-A-T, which I know somebody else, people have been using that who have the course and they're writing emails way faster as well. So it incorporates parts of RMBC, uh, but it's also kind of its own little formula. Um, but 
you know, when you combine those two things together, it, it, that's where you get the fastest emails. Got it. Thank you so much, Stefan. Great to, uh, great to talk. I know it's been a while since I've met you in real life, but uh, p- pleasure to connect virtually. Yeah, 100%, man. Thanks for, thanks for asking. Thank you. Yeah. Next up, we have Peter Semis. I think I pronounced that correctly. He asks, what are the best ways to find a unique mechanism and big idea in a more saturated niche? What's up, Peter? How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so, like, weight loss is a big niche, obviously, or massive niche. Let's not say big. Um, and, like, keto or stuff like that, like, how would you find a unique mechanism as well as kind of a big idea in those kinds of niches that have been, like, you know, attempted again and again? And clearly, they keep converting, so. Yeah, so I would do, um, I mean, for health, it's kind of easy because, like, I would go to sci- sciencedaily.com and type in whatever, uh, you know, like a keto or fat, like loss or weight loss or whatever. And if you do that, you'll see a ton of, it basically takes all of the new discoveries around like a certain topic. And it gives you like a pretty easy to understand summary with like quotes from the lead scientists and the people who did the studies. And it then will link to the actual study as well. So if you do that, I mean, that's what, if I'm doing a new health product, um, science daily is one of the very first places that I would go. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, it's a huge kind of hack and, and it's pretty much always where I go for health. Uh, then on top of that, when you're doing like research in, in RMBC and you're looking through forums, like you will see people talking about, Hey, has anybody tried this? Has anybody tried that? And if you go kind of do enough of that research, you'll start seeing people talking about interesting solutions or remedies and this isn't just in weight loss it can be in almost any niche or category uh Mm -hmm. that you may not have heard of before and then if you kind of do some googling and you look and find like do other people or a lot of people talking about this and if they aren't or if there aren't a lot of products to talk about it then you can kind of go down a a rabbit hole there so for example and i think this is in the the video for the weight loss research example that i do in rmbc like Mm -hmm. i was looking at one of the the forum threads from 2012 and people were talking about keto in there but keto didn't really get big or blow up until 2017 2018 so it's like man if i had you know been doing my research for this back then and gone to this forum i may have seen ketogenic what is that and like googled it and ended up creating this like you know i could have been the person who started like the keto niche you know um so that stuff exists and but it exists in real estate forums, financial and investing forums. People talk people will talk about unique or fringe strategies or things that aren't mainstream. And then if you take those, can look at them, kind of write write down things that are interesting or that you've never heard of and that you don't see being brought up a lot, but that do seem interesting. And then you do more research on those things and how they work. Um, that's a really good way to kind of get uh, develop a unique mechanism as well. If those things end up having legs, legs underneath them and are things that seem valuable. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. We've got a question here from Marcus Sortias on your thoughts on applying RMBC to writing webinars and selling from stage. Sweet. What's up, Marcus? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good. Um, yeah, you'll give any more. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but I, I, is that something that you're, you're doing currently? Are you, um, and would you be doing it for clients or is it something that where you want to be doing the webinars for yourself and selling from stage uh, yourself? 
Yeah, I'd be interested in like uh, doing webinars for myself and like selling from stage, mostly like courses or coaching and things like that. Cool. Yeah, um, I think RMBC actually works really well for that. If you look at the pitch I did in, in Austin for our Copy Accelerator event, this was back in September um, and you know, it was our two day event and I, I pitched and I, I sold, that was me selling from the stage for the first time in my life. Uh, so it was like less than a year ago. Uh, but it, and then I don't know, I sold, I think we had like 30 memberships at the time that we sold and it was like something like, uh, basically it worked out to like close to a million dollars, like from stage I sold in one wow. picture presentation. And, um, yeah. And what's cool is, is I actually really, if you look at, I know you don't have access to it in front of you, but if you look at the pitch, it's like pretty much my sales letter outline. So it was like the big promise. I think it was the, um, I can't remember it was like the, the, it was like the X essential ingredients that you need to scale on cold traffic. And so it was talked about, you know, the pain point of not being able to scale on cold traffic, promising, mm-hmm. you know, the solution of here's how you're going to do it. Uh, it went into the idea of, um, sort of these different, like we use the, um, the mechanism being like, it's not just the ingredients. Like, so things like uh, having a converting offer or high converting sales page, having the right upsells, like all this kind of stuff. But it was like how you put them all together. So I use the example of, of dynamite in my presentation. I talked about how, if you look at the original recipe for dynamite, there is only three ingredients in it. And yet if you mix, if you just take those three ingredients and pour them into a bowl, like nothing happens, right? It doesn't, uh, like the bowl doesn't explode, but you know, if you, it's how, it's how you put them together correctly. And that's what copy accelerator does. It, it gives you, not only do you have these ingredients and these trainings on these ingredients, but then we show you how to put them together in the right way so that you get explosive results. Uh, and there's a bunch of like social proof. And so it really kind of followed my sales letter outline that actually very closely. And what was cool is when I did that, there was like a, a 200 people in the room and even the copy accelerator members who were already you know, in the mastermind, they were watching the pitch too. And they pretty much all like loved it. Cause they're like, holy shit, you just used your sales letter outline in this like PowerPoint and yeah. you know, to enroll a bunch of people. So, uh, I think you can, you can totally do it, um, from stage. And then the one other thing too, Marcus is, is with a webinar, same thing. Uh, Ed, actually I'm gonna let you chime in cause you've done, you've used RMBC to do a lot of, uh, webinars, including for Dan Locke and some other kind of big people in the space. So oh, it's up to Ed, from Ed. Yeah, if you don't mind, Ed. Yeah, for sure. So using RMBC for webinars, it works really well um, from what I've found. Uh, you just have to tweak the format a little bit because normally, mm-hmm. to me, the webinar either is like, you know, three secrets or... So it, it's like, if you think about it, if, if you've read uh, Michael Masterson's um, or Mark Ford, I don't know what his alias is there. Uh, if you read Great Leads, you'd know, uh, you know, secrets lead which is basically a webinar. A webinar is basically just a secret lead, right? But it's yes. a sales letter. So this would be the same approach, but you would be selling the process. So I think Agora, they don't quote me on this, but I know that they have different types of leads for different uh, types of offers. So on a webinar, you would use a systems lead. So it's like, it's selling a systems. Like here's the first step. Here's the next step. Here's the next step. Or they sell a secrets lead, which is, hey, here are three secrets to do X, Y, Z. So that's literally pretty much the only change you'd have for our embassy to do webinars. Oh, that gives a lot of insight. Thank you. My pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Ed. Uh, Cool. Marcus, you're good? 
Yes. Yeah. Thanks. That was really helpful. Cool. My pleasure. Uh, Ed, thanks for chiming in there too. Hey man, my pleasure. So Ed, I guess with the webinars, it's like the, um, cause really like it, it's more, more explicit about these like tangible benefits, right? What are you going to get from watching this webinar? I mean, you, you kind of do that with a VSL too. You should be doing that right with a, a long form sales letter, but with, um, a webinar, especially it's kind of like, you know, you're going to see three secrets that can help you to do X, Y, Z, or even my, my thing from stage. Um, it was like, uh, at the copy accelerator event, and it was like the three essential ingredients you need to explode your offer on cold traffic. So that actually could have made a really good webinar too, probably because it was the same thing, right? Like that, it seems like that's pretty transferable between a webinar and selling from stage as well, at least from the way I'm kind of, I understand it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually want to, so one of my friends the other day asked me, and I actually want to get your opinion on this, Stefan. He asked me, what's the difference between a VSL and a webinar? Mm. Yeah, I think that the differences for me, if we're talking, of course it depends if it's like a pre-recorded evergreen webinar or a, you know, kind of live webinar. Because with live, I think one of the differences is, is well, either way, there's, you're trying to create the sense of interaction and community and like listening and things like that. And then I think the other one is that with a webinar, you're generally more explicitly educating and you're kind of telling them like, I'm here to educate you. Whereas with a VSL, I think you are, you are going to educate them on the real, you know, cause of the problem, the real solution, but there's maybe more focus on putting these different hooks and prodding curiosity and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but even as I say that, I feel like a good webinar should have that stuff too. So, you know, honestly, like, I feel like they're really similar. You know, there's the close is still kind of similar. I mean, the call to action is a little different, maybe, maybe not, but I honestly just feel like they're really similar. I, I don't, I don't see a huge difference. Um, I mean, what do you think Ed, based on your experience? I'm curious if you, if you had an answer for your friend. Yeah. So the way that I described it was with a, with the VSL, most of the time you're not selling like high ticket, like, like most webinars yeah, that's a good point. sell to, like you know one one like 500 1k 3k 5k 10k right whatever it is so i feel like a lot more belief work has to be done around people being able to get a certain result that's a good um, point there's there's but, a lot more social proof right there's a lot more case studies like you saw testimonials in the sales letter vsl yeah. but on webinars it's like like example after example after example after example of people who have used the same information or the secrets i'm giving you or the systems or whatever and gotten results. So you're really stacking that social proof up. Yeah, for sure. And it's the way that I described it, it's like, it's like you actually have to change somebody's entire worldview around whatever the thing that you're selling is basically and how they relate to that thing and how viable it is and how easy it is. I mean, you do have to do that for a VSL, but it's, it's different. I don't really, I'm honestly having a hard time putting it to words. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm curious because I do feel like you, you know, the, the goal of the mechanism with, with a, a video sales letter or a tech sales letter is kind of the same thing. You are trying to change the worldview. Um, but I think maybe the difference is with a lot of what you're selling in a, a sales letter, if it's like a, you know, a product that costs $49 or $97 and you're saying, hey, like, you know, take this and use this and, and you'll get results or things will change. 
maybe just because of the price point alone, it's easier for somebody to accept that or to feel like, well, you know, I'm kind of 50, 50 on if this will work or not, but I don't mind taking the risk. Whereas if you're selling something for a thousand dollars or $5,000 or whatever it is, and you're saying, Hey, do this and your life will change. Um, mm. it's just a much bigger promise. So there's more of a burden behind it. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like anchoring like a bigger, um, like you said, like a bigger promise, a bigger life shift. It's like, like pre pre framing a bigger change in their life with whatever the, the big idea is. Yeah. Like if I'm saying like in a, Hey, I'm a teacher how to get freelancing clients buy my book or my course. And it's like $99 and you're like, okay, I'm gonna try this out. He's got a refund you know, policy. So if it doesn't work fine, but it's easy for them to say yes. If I'm like, Hey, I'm gonna show you how you can make $250,000 in the next year by getting high paying freelance clients that are coming to you and you're not having to do any of the work and blah, blah, blah. Right. Then it's like mm, bullshit. And oh, by, by the way, it's gonna cost $5,000, right. For me to show you how to do this. Like there's yeah. a much, you know, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot more of a skepticism and, and yeah, like a more of a barrier, I think. And, um, so that's where I think of a webinar, you just have to go a lot harder with stacking all of that proof and really make them believe that they actually can do it. Cause you're, you're, you're making bigger promises in a webinar, I think is a big part of it too. Like, even though you're making big promises in the sales letter, they're like, you know, they're not as big a lot of times of a webinar of a, like a real estate webinar or whatever. And then, and then getting people to believe that it's possible. Cause people, I think people believe I can take a pill and my blood sugar will go down. And like, it's not that hard to get somebody to believe that because like I, they, they get medications from their doctors and that's what can happen. And if you're like, Hey, these natural ingredients have been proven to help with blood sugar as well. Then they're like, well, okay. I mean, that makes sense. I do that. But if you're like, Hey, you can own your own real estate investing business and you can start flipping houses with no money down and you can become a millionaire. And they're like, I didn't graduate high school. I can't do any of that shit. Like this guy's, you know, maybe other people can do it, but not me. It's just like a way bigger barrier to get somebody to believe that they really can do that sort of thing. So I think that's a, a yeah, huge kind of component that goes into the, the difference between the two. All right. That's just about it for today. Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.